0: Welcome to Leather and Limits, Episode 7, Power Exchange Dynamics, The S-Types. Because, you know, Woo-hoo-hoo. let's be honest, we can't have one without the other. Hey, Amen. We could try, I but I really sunshine. don't recommend it.
1: <clears throat> can, can you self-dom? Is that, is that a real thing?
0: I mean, technically, not that I'm aware of, but there's that, that running joke that was there for a while that if it wasn't for submissives, doms would just strut around like angry house cats staring at each other and threatening to spank each other all day that's accurate it's more accurate than it should be even if you're not <laughs> one of those participants you know quite a few people that are
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> the mastery of oneself fog <laughs> me daddy ow i mean
0: <laughs> Seize me a patriarchal figure wait a minute
2: <laughs>
1: thank you oh magnificent sky daddy oh shit that's me
0: <laughs> no he's not here right now um <laughs> <laughs> He gets so mad when he called him that too. I love it.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, moving on.
1: <laughs> moving maybe, right along.
0: <laughs> maybe. Um Yeah, it's gonna be a special day and everyone's just gonna have to enjoy this. Um No, uh ironically enough, I between podcasts I was doing some homework about S-types, and I realized there was a We'll eventually get to the rest of the breakdown, but we were talking about Masters, and I forgot that technically Gorian counts in there as well. Not really forgot. It's that it Mm -hmm. doesn't have a separate title for the dominant side, but it does for the submissive side, and that's a very interesting difference. Yeah. And I thought it was worth mentioning before. I've Nobody forgot Gorian. They just don't actually have a D-type specific to them as opposed to the Master title. Yeah. That's all.
1: Yeah, they're just all Masters. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting take because they do have an S-type title, so I find that entertaining well, that I they thought... have it for just the one, but not the other. Because mm. Kajira I'll say that Kajira now, I'm is... wondering. Cause...
1: Yeah, but there is uh, no. There is another term. Hold on.
0: It there might be. Yeah, the... I don't think I've ever
1: heard uh... it, though. No, I have. I'm trying okay. to think of it. I sadly have a friend who practices gore, and I should be better at this. I mean, I had Um, a
0: few over the years, but I don't think I've ever heard any of them specifically refer to themselves as. So they just always defaulted to master. Then again, that could just be easier for other people, so they kept it simple. Who knows? Everybody's different. mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. But Lord
0: knows I don't want them to think they don't have any representation, because that's not
1: fair. Well, yeah, because they are a part of our community. Yes, absolutely. 100%.
0: And I know that people consider them, like, separate from power exchanges to an extent because it's such a different form, but I really Mm -hmm. don't think them any differently. They're still a
1: dynamic. Oh, no, absolutely.
0: It's more communal, depending on how many are in the same area, but it it still absolutely Mm -hmm. represents. But that does lead us into Kajira's. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, we can start there, hell.
0: I didn't mean to, but I wanted to make sure no one thought that I, like, completely dismissed them like, Gore doesn't care. No, we're not going to have that conversation. That's not fair. And I don't do that. <clears throat> you know the people I'm talking about. There's plenty of people that would oh, wish yeah. that that was that with Trey. And it's like, no, we're not going to be like that. Come on. We're grownups here.
1: The answer is no. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: No, Kubi, this is you are really absolutely bugging me. I can't... right. They aren't very open with others. In fact, as... as that is uh, a closed society. In our earliest episode, uh, when Kay talked about his original uh, huh? coming to, it was via MIRC, and it was in a Gorian community, that basically every time he wasn't following the directions, he basically was kicked out of the room. He very much learned trial and error, because that's all they gave him. It's worse than leather in that regard. They're very, very close-knit... <laughs>
1: it's yeah i well i mean obviously i i know a few people and my husband dabbled in it for a while clearly not with me right Um, yeah that would not have gone well um (laughs) no i bet it but (laughs) i i could hold my shit together for about a day or so i can role play that but yeah anything outside of role play i don't i don't know that i'm down um one of the things I've noticed about Korean culture is it, it very much is even within the power exchange group that is already small, it's an even smaller subsect within it. And most of them are I online agree. only. Oh yeah. Um the amount of people that actually practice gore in real life is very, very small. Oh yeah. And those those in real life folks are notoriously unable to organize. Um, they they you don't find Gore munches. You don't find you know Korean hangouts and things like that, unless it's already a group of friends practicing Gore that also happen to hang out. Like you don't, you just you won't see like organized Korean events.
0: No, and And things like that. What you'll see is
1: high protocol.
0: Like the nature of what they are and how they try to live their lifestyle. In fairness, makes it very hard for it to translate to Mm -hmm. real life easily enough. Much less in a communal sense. So I understand. And that's not a judgment on them in any way. Let me make that clear for any listening, any non-Gorians listening who are trying to learn anything else. I am not in any way saying that that means they're wrong, bad, not functional. You know, every relationship style that's ethical and healthy works. But they are by nature of the way Gorian works. And I think we'll end up doing that as a separate episode one day because it deserves its own depth to truly understand I think so too. Yeah. Um,
1: it's definitely an interesting – the um, concepts around it are actually very fascinating. And if you're into high protocol at all, I don't think learning about gore is a bad thing. No,
0: not at all. Um, I mean, even if you don't plan to ever practice it, and I I mm -hmm. suspect most won't, just because the nature of it is so heavily, heavily gender-specific. Oh, yes. In the worst way. Well, not even the worst way. It's just very (laughs) specific in a way that's – it tends to butt up against the chauvinistic side of things um, as it's, far it's, as kinks go. I, I,
1: I wouldn't call it chauvinistic. I, no, I think it's very true. much – um, it's a very stereotypical he- heterosexual mindset of male, dom, femme, sub, and there is yes. no in between.
0: Well, and it takes and, it to that extreme end, though, too. Yeah, it does. Um, oh, very much so. You know, when when people think of the master-slave fantasy, that's really what many people will come to if they're not familiar Mm -hmm. with BDSM in the first place is that whole slave is literally slave in all things. Master does everything. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the 50s, like we've said before, like the 1950s stereotype works for those that like it. Mm -hmm. Even that's not as extreme as gore is. And gore is just extremely hard for someone to do anymore, realistically, financially, in any place. So it's Probably a little especially. harder to do that way.
2: <clears throat>
1: <laughs> yeah. I would love to attend a and Munch as well, only because the couple that I have attempted to engage with and watch people organize an absolute shit show. I um,
0: can't imagine. I
1: it Yeah, it was not it was not good. Um <clears throat> I Like I said, watching my husband's trials and tribulations with even trying because he was fascinated by Gore because he's got a very medieval mindset when it comes to how households should run and stuff anyway. And so it really appealed to him. And he now was trying to reach out to, uh, you know, other dominants to say, hey, you know, other than just reading the books and developing my own protocols, like, what works for you? What, what has been able to translate into real life? And even within... The few that he reached out to that were like yeah i would love to help you this is great you know welcome aboard kind of a thing even those guys after about i would say a month of messaging back and forth they started getting very skittish and like no no we don't want to meet no we don't want to hang out with other couples no we don't want to and it was like i'm sorry there's so much in bdsm that you have to physically do in order to actually get the concept so to have such a close society that was so skittish, I was like, there's so many red flags. <laughs> I was like, I don't there know if it's is. just the quality of person or what, but.
0: I think it's, I think that's a large part of it is it, it draws a certain kind of person. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, many of those people are not healthy to begin with, which means they're not in a good place to ethically even try to maintain that with other people. Which isn't the fault of those that are trying to live it healthy, to be fair. But mm-hmm. it is a, it's mm-hmm. already something that requires you to actually be a very ethically decent human being to start, or there's no room for it. It just won't work any other way. Because it's True. entirely too easy to run right down the gamut into red flag territory in seconds. Um, yeah. But the few Gorians Absolutely. I've ever met live who are living live, ironically, no two relationships are alike as a result either. They very much built them kind of in their own format that works for them to make it work in real life mm-hmm. and even then frequently doesn't adopt the the exact same as you would find in the books as a result which i understand you know you do what you gotta do to live so
1: mm-hmm. sure but it's hard to identify as kajira and then yeah will be a nurse somewhere well <laughs> right
0: no absolutely but realistically you can't not pay your bills. <laughs>
1: <laughs> sure, you can.
0: The government's not going to be like, "Oh, you want to be Gorian? That's okay. We'll we'll just waive your bills for a yeah. while.
1: That's okay." <laughs> your Gorian, your Gorian domain, Sir Freeman, is going to be your van.
0: Yeah, really. <laughs> Run that household, I dare you. Um,
1: <laughs> um, All of my women are Fisher women. Of course they are. You're hungry. Come on. <laughs>
0: right? Um, but
1: do... I digress. I'm sorry. No,
0: totally understand. Um, <laughs> we'll probably just set it some of that out because that's not really... <laughs> it's worth mentioning. I trust your but... judgment. <laughs> well, it's one of those because I do want to talk about it in the limited point, but I- I'm not looking mm-hmm. to like dive too deep into it and I don't want people to get the wrong impression
1: right. from us because...
0: We understand the depth of it and we don't want newcomers who don't understand why we talk
1: about it. I'm biased either. as shit. I'm gonna own it. Call so it what it am is. I. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't try to pretend otherwise. I, mean,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I you know, I, I won't say I ran off, but you know, there was once a person on the server, and this will absolutely be cut out, um <clears throat> who shall not be named. <clears throat> who ran a server that ran <clears> throat> into throat> the ground because he thought he was Gorian, but only when nobody was looking. <laughs> What the fuck does... Oh, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, let that sink in for... You know who I'm talking about. No, it did. And I'm not wrong. That's the sad part. (laughs) No. Uh,
1: You know, I think I purged that person from my memory.
0: That's not just, you know, blocked it out of future use. (laughs) Talk about (laughs) someone who deserves no part of the community for the sake of everyone's health. And that's really what it was for me, is that I don't want people (laughs) to be hurt by them. Not for any other reason but
1: 100%
0: but moving
1: along on the subject of those types
0: right um but no the the short form of putting in about what a Kajira Kajiras is like we started in the first place is essentially mm-hmm. a it's essentially a form of slave but it's a slave that is a 100% dedicated in the nature of Gore, does not own property, does not have a say, is not anything other than property to be used by their master as they see fit. Whether it's as a household, domestic partner, as a sexual partner, they don't get anything. They are truly property in that sense. Probably the most extreme Mm -hmm. form of slavery. Yep. And in an ethical environment, there's people that are into that, so.
1: Well, and it's, be clear for people that aren't familiar when you talk about the types of we'll call it ownership yeah you have you know top bottom, bottom sub master slave owner property then there's gore after owner property um yes because a lot of time one of the one of the terms that those that are on the uh the alternative facebook that is very dark um that's so bad there <laughs> I'm not going to give them money, no, totally but they have my lifetime membership. That's what they get. Um, but there, there is a subsection kind of in between ownership property and Gorean mastery. It is commonly referred to as odelisk And it's very much what I would say is the purest form of. That's fair. Turkish harem. Right. And to me, Gore goes even beyond that. Because yes. even within a harem setting of ownership and property there is still some autonomy within the harem that those within the harem still have. And in gore that is completely stripped away to the base level. Um there's there truly is no rights, no ability to dispute. There's it is pure ownership of the other person. Yes. So and and, um, and I I harp on that because people need to understand the severity of it.
0: No, I agree. Um, the Cliff Notes version, for anybody listening who's never actually heard the term before or doesn't actually know what it means, but has heard it in passing because it's such a a fringe part of the culture. Mm-hmm. Um, Gore is originally a series of novels, fictional novels, set in... I believe it was originally written in the 60s by John Norman. And it depicts a very fantasy alternate Earth where... Men are bigger, stronger, alpha-pack male-dominant across the universe, and females are submissive and, in many cases, slavery and property. Um, What they refer to as free women frequently aren't much better off, because Mm -hmm. they're still essentially like the Handmaid's Tale, where if they exist at all, they're kind of tucked away and hidden, and they keep themselves that way for safety's sake. So not what I would call healthy either. Um, No. What I didn't know until more recently is they've written books right up until modern age. Yes. Which, I'm not sure how I feel about the fact that there's like 37 novels now. Uh, <laughs> but, um, as a result, Gorian is, like we were just saying, an extreme form of master-slave environment, where it's it's property taken to the final level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as Kuba had asked, yes, technically, you are shared by all dominance in the community, however for the record that is up to the master of you yourself at that point whether or not you're shared it isn't up to the other people it is up to him now if he says you know i don't care what they do with you then that's that but it is up we'll to say. that particular part master for the record
1: and in, in gore culture one of one of the downsides i say this to be transparent to anybody that's looking at dabbling in it that really wants oh, to dive into the culture understand that as a female slave in gore culture the most dangerous thing is to be unowned yes um, because then you literally are up for grabs and the truest sense of the word mm. So it, it is it can the the ugly underside of it is very very potentially dangerous to somebody with the wrong mindset yes. it enables a lot of predators so um and i think that's also why you don't see many people practicing it on the daily it's a great fantasy to have for like a weekend and stuff right and it Well,
0: and I think part of that also is because when you get to the community level, what I find interesting is that a lot of people who I'm going to say ascribe to being Gorian in the male part of BDSM, and I say this because there's plenty of them who are very much the unhealthy people who are looking to just get some. Who think, oh, Hello. yeah, I want a total slave, Kajira, Kajiras, etc. I want collared people to do with I, as I want whenever I want and tell them what to do. And do thy bidding. Keep in mind there's two sides to that coin. The big one that nobody talks about is that also means you are 150% responsible for every part of their being. Pull out your mm-hmm. fucking bank account, boys. Because literally, you are it. You are their soul. You are their planet. You are their world. You take care of everything in (laughs) trade-off. So if that's not something you've remotely thought about as a part of of that, then you should be looking elsewhere right away. And that's not Mm -hmm. a downside or anything else. It's unless you realistically can handle being financially responsible for another person, plus any kids that may come one day. By yourself forever. Mm Because that is what that means, to be a master in gore. You are responsible for everything under all circumstances all of the time. Your partner will not work. Your partner is not allowed to work as part of that culture, as a matter of fact, which goes back to when they find live lifestyles that work, they frequently are very modified because there's no way that realistically works in this day and age, economically. Um, Right. But it is worth pointing out. The other part of that is if you are a part of a communal gore life area where it's local somehow. Frequently, the whole one master per person has final say doesn't always apply. And what it ends up being is kind of like a harem for the boys. And most who join them don't realize that. till they realize they have to share their partner, whether they want to or not.
3: Yeah. And most of the boys
0: who are looking for that in the first place aren't equipped to handle that level of jealousy and insecurity. Very much true. Which is usually the case because they're hetero male looking for the be all end all. I can be the guy. And don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I appreciate the fantasy of it 100%, even though I'm not oh. straight hetero. 100% get it. Mm-hmm. But there's no realistic that... way it works.
1: <laughs> no, no, there's not, not. And it's anybody listening that is thinking about, well, should I identify as a submissive or a slave? And, you know, what does that mean for me? These are some of the conversations that I encourage people to have when they're starting to yes. approach, hey, I want a contract, or hey, I'm looking at a 24-7 commitment. Really understand what that means and what it looks like to you. Um, be critical about it. You, know, you, should, you should come into this lifestyle, and you should come, once you work through the fantasy and want to enact it into reality, be critical with yourself and your abilities, and be critical of what your actual needs are a lot of people the fantasy is i want to be owned and i'm completely fine with making no decisions and having somebody take that level of control and then in daily practice they find out oh i actually have strong opinions about my life i need a a measure of control maybe not full control but i need to to exercise some some ability to maneuver within my life and i'm not willing yes. to completely give my life up and what i'll say is a good master and a good dominant Will never ask a submissive to give up life they will try Accurate. to integrate and there there is compromise that happens and compromise doesn't make you less of a dominant and as a no. submissive compromising on certain things Te- is expected
0: i would say technically compromising makes you more of a dominant because it's showing the responsibility mm-hmm. that comes with having to make decisions that don't always include you as part of the equation
1: no absolutely but i think and I know I did it briefly when, when I identified on the S-type scale, but I think people that get hardcore into the fantasy, right? I want to I have everything dictated, and my master or mistress tell me everything I have to do and structure my day for me. But when it comes to daily practice, you realize, no, I, I need to be able to go pee when I need to pee. I need to be able to go to right. work when I go to work. Um, I can't sit here and be late for work because my master didn't respond to my text, Right. You know, I don't have the luxury of not paying my bills because my master didn't tell me how much I'm allotted. Things like that, right? And again, the fantasy sounds sexy as hell, but the reality of it is much harsher. Yes. So, you know, I, I just always say be subs need to be very critical on what their, their base needs are and what their actual expectations are yes. and not just be quick to accept whatever the master says. No, I agree. Especially at the beginning of the relationship.
0: Well, and there's even, like, there's full-time, like, 24-7 TPE environments with Master Slave where it almost goes to gore level of, even if, you know, Sheik works or whatever, it's still at that level of basically, I do nothing Master doesn't say. Because that's what they want when they start. Like, it doesn't start by force, although that obviously happens sometimes, too, in an unhealthy way. But for the purposes of talking about just the ethical ones... Like, a a submissive will join a master because they think that's exactly what they want, and then they realize, or they become so conditioned they can't realize, that they are so dependent on them for everything that it literally becomes destructive. Yeah. Because they don't live in an environment where that works. Like Kuba said about, you know, what if you have, you know, when your master dies and they literally have nothing? And I have seen that as well. Hmm where they're mm-hmm. so indoctrinated to answer to their master and their master wasn't ethically healthy enough to think what about my slave when I'm gone mhm which you have to do responsibly if you're going to take that level of things this is when I we will end up covering conditioning and command triggers and stuff like that another day because mm-hmm. that's obviously a kink specific thing and not part of this um, yeah And it's one I happen to enjoy indulging in. However, I'm a huge proponent and advocate for the level of responsibility required because Mm -hmm. you permanently shift somebody's behavioral pattern possibly for life. You Mm -hmm. cannot do that irresponsibly and just leave a vacuum for them to figure it out if you go missing. Whether it's because you leave, they leave, any of that. It's not realistically fair because it fucks that person for a long time to come, if not forever.
1: No, hundred percent, and I've and I have seen too. It is more common within Gore than than other, other dynamic types that are out there. Yes, Where a master a master does die, and the slave is gifted to another master. It's expected yep. she's now going to fall under you, and mm-hmm. you know. And I people very close to me have actually been in that situation. Um, I, I had a really good friend. It's been about four or five years now, um, who had that exact thing happen. It was a well-known guy in the community um his health was not great to begin with so his slaves kind of became his medical attendants and when he when he died uh one of the slaves approached my best friend and was like i have a letter for you and it's it's from my master and she's like i think i know what's in it but i haven't opened it yet because i wasn't allowed to okay and he opened the letter and it literally was um I I am now giving her to you. You are now responsible for her. Um, There was a financial component involved with it. And it was, here are my expectations. Here's what she's been trained in. How she can add to your household. Here's the things that she can do by herself without direction. And it was a very detailed, thought-out list. And it was very much reminiscent of slave trading. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in, in the purest sense. Mm-hmm, no, it was slave trading. And yeah. and he was like, I'm not comfortable with any of this.
0: And that's like, if you had come to me to
1: negotiate something, yeah. that'd be fine.
0: Yeah. like,
1: uh, I, And I respected him more that he was like, I, I don't know that I'm okay with this.
0: Oh, no, that's 100%. I wouldn't be okay with that without warning. Like, at least have the discussion first so that everybody's on the same page. Because mm-hmm. uh, what if you do say no? What is that Seriously. person going to do?
1: You still it's have not this your responsibility
0: issue. to help them, but at the same time, if you have any sense of ethical responsibility, you're not going to leave them mm-hmm. hanging, so you're still caught up in it. That's not fair and, and to anyone involved.
1: Don't <clears> lose <throat> your ability to consent just because. Exactly. Just saying. Best meme ever. Consent is sexy.
0: No, absolutely. It is, though. Sincerely. <laughs>
1: So, so speaking of S-typey things, what's <laughs> what's the next S-type we should discuss? We've harped on Gore enough, though.
0: Yes, we have. Yes, we yes we have. Um, <laughs> it wasn't on purpose. I just, I, it's such yeah. an esoteric one that people, by nature, won't automatically know what it is if we don't spell it out. So,
1: um, and I think people should know what it is. Be right. be aware of it.
0: No, absolutely. I just didn't. I didn't want to say this is suck. this is what this is, and then we're going to move on. Um, hmm. I will, I will say the two things because I want to answer that question about Edie as far as the purposes of trans and non-binary doesn't work with gore roles because the nature of gore, the men involved won't want them. They are looking for a purely heterosexual experience with a female submissive slave. And that is specifically the dynamic environment they go with. And as far it's as the breeding, right? And the other side to that, as as was also answered, or answered, wow, it's going to be that kind of day, <clears throat> asked by is how often slaves successfully leave, right? Leave. It, yeah, rage quit is the usual answer. <laughs> um, once in a while, yeah. they wake up and get the fuck out. It's not always a pleasant experience if the other person is both unwilling and abusive, mm-hmm. which unfortunately happens plenty. Because that happens in any environment. Gore is no exception, and it's prone to it because of the nature of what it is. Um, And that's not the people in Gore itself. It's the asshats who think it's a great idea and borrow it wrongly. There is a difference. But if you come from someone as a Kajira, quote unquote, from someone who is unhealthy, who didn't care to know any better, do you know any better when you separate from them that that's not true Gore? And of course you mm-hmm. don't. So when you meet another one, you're going to be predisposed to think they're the same, even if they're not. So whether yeah. we like it or not, while it needs to be specified that is an unhealthy, not person of the actual community, it doesn't make it any less an existed part of the discussion. Unfortunately, it's
2: true.
0: You know, we're all grown ups here. We have to talk about the ugly shit as well as the real shit. You know, it's on all, all kinky fucker, even though we wish it was.
1: No, but it's it's responsible because if yeah. If you're starting to learn about something and you're wanting to research it and get into it, you need you need to be risk aware, right, Right. Yes. Um, and it's there's there's a reason for that because every every facet of life has the ability to be abused. It's it's the the problem with kink is because of the nature of the hedonism and the nature of yes. the excitement and the fantasy. Be hyper focused and i say we because it's fucking all of us we all no, do it not wrong. You, you get you find your niche and you dive headfirst into <laughs> it you research the ever-living shit out of it and you got to do all the things and buy all the toys and it's these relationships are not um they're not immune to that and so no, not at all you get the people that read the books and start going wow you know this norman guy's onto something oh, I like I like this society. Fuck, that's sexy. And they start diving into it and trying to apply it. They're not always the most cautious, right? And, and that's all of us. Um, you're not the most cautious when you dive into it. And so that's when those negative personality traits get magnified because you're so hyper-fixated on things. And yeah. with all things kink, because it is still not mainstream, it is still frowned upon by a lot, I think that there's a potential to hide a lot of the negative aspects from crying eyes if you are of that evil bent. And so it's the the potential for abuse within BDSM and fetish as a whole is much higher, I think. I don't necessarily feel that people are necessarily more abusive. Um, you
0: know. No, and that's why it needs to be said the way it does because it's not that the nature of BDSM, the nature of people, really. Abusers are going to exist in every facet where they mm-hmm. feel it's worth it for them to do so. Facts. It doesn't matter what part of the universe it is. Mm-hmm. So of all the places, you know, the very nature of BDSM, you are literally building on what is effectively started as fantasy somewhere in your mind at some point. Now, granted, we've made that you know a healthy reality for many of us, and that's kind of the point and why we're here and talking about it. But it doesn't change that it starts with fantasy. It starts with a mindset and a mind perspective about what mm-hmm. you want in your life or want to happen in your life. There is always going to be people who are abusive, who take advantage of others, who will absolutely hook into any ammo they can. And the problem is the nature of what we do, the darkness in what we do. And I say darkness, it always makes it sound darker than it is. And it's not some emo fucking gothy shit I'm talking about. It's what we do is dark on its own level. I enjoy watching people bleed because I beat the fuck out of them. That is dark, no matter how you sugarcoat it. It's dark in a healthy way because we take it carefully. We treat it safely. We do all the things. But it is also in the same camp as sociopaths, unhealthy people, abusives, who will do that Mm -hmm. for the sport of it, regardless of the other person. So yes, we do have to recognize that there are unhealthy parallels in humanity, whether we like it or not, and why we're Mm -hmm. so careful about differentiating them from ourselves and educating so you can miss them.
1: 100%.
0: That's literally the nature of why we have this podcast, for example, and why we talk about... You know, we took a chunk of time out to talk about gore because it's such an esoteric thing, but it's still out there regardless of how much access you can find on it. So it's still worth talking about so those that don't know any better have something to work with because that's important. Everybody
1: needs a starting point, right? Everybody needs – and hopefully it's a healthy starting point. Right. You want well-adjusted kinksters.
0: Well, that would be the preference, yes.
1: (laughs) Be depraved and well-adjusted.
0: I mean, it's more fun that way, because then you can do whatever the hell you want with scope with each other, and nobody's batting an eyelash about the consequences.
1: I'm and thinking more of the people who want to play with you. It is.
0: Yes. I mean, I, it goes back to what I say all the time about because we get back to doing what we really want, which is the kinky fuckery. Yes! <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Yes, the podcast is, for me, a fetish of its own type, because education and all that and kink is a thing for me. <laughs> but at the end of the day, so is beaten ass. <laughs> And I would much rather get to the beaten ass. So for everybody to be able to do that equally, happily, and have a great old time with it, we're gonna make sure everyone's on the same page. So we don't have to go back over it because some idiot didn't listen the first time. I mean that happens anyway, but you know what I mean. I was say,
1: it, it's still it's still gonna happen. <laughs>
0: I know it is, but we do our best to at least say, well, we at least tried.
1: <laughs> That's true. That's true.
0: It goes back to, I'll give you the tools. It's up to you to actually pick up the goddamn toolbox
1: can only empower you so much. The rest you have to do.
0: And if I drop a fucking Craftsman 3 tier on you and it's loaded and you simply don't do anything with it, whose fault is it if I gave it to you? So bad. I mean, It's true, though.
1: $4 million toolbox.
0: I know. Don't don't remind me. We won't get into that. That got left in Florida. I'm so unhappy.
1: And that was years ago.
0: It still hurt. (laughs) Anyway.
1: (laughs) I'm only laughing because I know you have to Sell your soul for craftsmen. So. Oh
0: yeah, many many years. But that's besides the <laughs> point. It certainly has nothing to do with today. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Although I suppose you could. You, you know what? I'm not even going to carry that conversation. Yep, that's yep. for another episode, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> creativity. Zoom in at another episode. <clears throat> um, <laughs> um. But no. Moving on to. We've said enough about Goran. We've touched upon some of the more important things that we wanted to about that. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Which kind of rolls into the rest regardless. Because oh. um, mm-hmm. I, ironically, I don't want to dig into submission itself in this episode. As weird as that may sound, because that's it really is an episode all its own. Much like dominance as an entity, as a role, is all its own. As opposed to talking about the types of the basis of patterns. And I don't want to do it injustice by trying to shove it into a small chunk of time in a single episode. I think there's too much to it for that. As much as that's, that's the Peter Jackson view of things, you know, make a four hour movie that no one will watch because two hours isn't enough.
1: (laughs) It's not wrong though. Oh, it's not. I'm, I'm laughing in solidarity. I promise.
0: No, I know. Well, it's the, the the nature of the beast. You know, if you want it and there are those that want it, four hours is no (laughs) big deal. But if you're not sure you want it, two hours is a little too long. (laughs) As someone who has done that to myself, moving on. Um, but Kajira's technically let us roll right into slaves. As a matter of fact, the I won't say oh, base man. form of S type so much as the the base. I'd say it's a more concentrated form. Yes, it is very much the TPE end of the the base mm-hmm. spectrum, shall we say? Where wherever that barometer may go from there, doll toy, etc. And yes, Koopa, very much the case. I 100% agree with that crap.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Submissives need to not be 100% dependent on their dominant to the point where they cannot function in the event of their death, missingness, anything.
1: Still missingness, become Jesus. a person, right? Yeah what is what is missingness? Is that like the nothing?
0: <laughs> I, eh, kind of. <laughs> no, that's that's not nearly as bad as. Uh, There was a point in my 20s when I was working security and we were watching the fireworks on July 4th and literally the guy next to me goes, yeah, we'll see them better when it darks. And I looked him dead in the face for a (laughs) moment to wait and process because I couldn't believe he said it. And he looked back at me and he was like, I really just said that, didn't I?
2: <laughs> the dark. And
0: I'm like, I am so sorry, but yes, you will live never live that down as long as I live. I am so sorry for you.
1: <laughs> did did the sunsies go darksies? Right. But it makes me think of well, yeah.
0: But the worst <laughs> the, yeah, the worst part of it for me is the fact that it happens. And this is another guy in his twenties. Okay. Like he wasn't old, he wasn't suffering from CRS. <laughs> but you know what? Show me a person who is not Manage to butcher at least one word in a sentence at least once in their life for no reason at all.
1: yeah constantly. <laughs> constantly, I, and it's more that I, I'll have thoughts that kind of run together, and then a oh, weird yeah. word comes out, and I'm like, oh, I just combined so many thoughts into that one. <laughs> I have my own language sometimes.
0: <laughs> and yes, as visions pointed out, 100% across the board on the BDSM test on every single setting. Yeah, that's a red flag. Jesus,
1: I want to do all the things.
0: Yeah. So do I, but I have, you know. Healthy, reasonable concepts. I
1: don't uh, want to do all the things. I want to learn how to do one or two things really fucking well.
0: Right? That's Be more fun. With that. Mm-hmm. Well, because then I can also yes. appreciate that somebody else did the same thing with things I didn't. So true. Because <laughs> then I'm not measuring it compared to my own skill in that arena. Mm-hmm. Which, even if you don't mean it in an unhealthy way, is really hard not to do if you also actively participate in that particular skill set. I'm doomed my entire life because knife play is such a top end of my kinks and has been my entire life. I cannot watch knife play demos or anything without having a tiny bit of not so much judgment, but automatically comparing where I am versus where they are. I can't help it. And that's not necessarily a good thing. And I recognize that.
1: No, but at least you can recognize it, right?
0: This is true.
1: You are self-aware.
0: I I don't like going anywhere near that because then somebody shouts woke and now I want to just hurt something. Um,
1: That's different.
0: (laughs) I know. But not everybody knows that. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, getting back to slaves. Um, (laughs) um, Yes. And by the same token, we can technically... I have heard Toy as separate Mm -hmm. from "doll," Mm -hmm. And... We won't get in the fence on little. We'll we'll break that down separately because at this point in time we mm. technically have to. Um,
1: yeah, no, it's separate.
0: Yeah, well, technically, so is toy and doll, but they are very much in the slave family, so to speak. Of they are generally speaking TPE environments. Uh, I've met See, one person who was a toy experience. in okay. scene length only, but it was uncommon, at least in my experience. Mm.
1: So for me, dolls typically are not tpe i've seen dolls okay yeah i've seen dolls that were more um a partner based um okay because not every doll practices the behavior modification
0: oh that's true that's a very good point actually so because
1: like the dolls that i have encountered and i don't have a lot of i'm by no means an expert in dollification it's not a fetish of mine it's something that i think it's cool to see when it happens um Especially when you find a, a sincere enthusiast.
0: And it's well done with a maker. Yeah.
1: Is. It is. Because the makers are really fun. And I love the creativity because not all dolls are the same. And not all dolls are sexual. Um, so it's not like you're talking about they're trying to be made into a sex doll. Because even with like bimbofication and things like that, it's still... Yeah, there, there's a sexual a component, different. but it's not sex. Right. No, so when you talk about yeah. dolls... um. Some dolls do have behavior modification training, which I do think falls in line with what you're saying. It is more part of a TPE, typically. Um, there's definitely a deeper connection with the maker and the doll at that point. But I've also seen scene-based dolls okay, where um, you know, they've engaged in that, and it's more of a top-bottom dynamic. Okay. It is
0: I can see that. That's why I specify my own experience perspective, not... Mm-hmm you know, be all end all. Cause like you, I'm no expert either. And I don't pretend to be, but
1: no, I, but I also, I think part of it too is where I'm located. Dollification is very popular where I'm at. Um, So That's I've seen a, a lot of different <laughs> iterate. No, it's not a surprise. No, fuck no. Um, <laughs> There, but there's, I see a lot more iterations of it because there's so many more people engaging in it. Right. That's totally fair. So, that makes sense. And I will say with the, the, the Los Angeles community, what's nice is, there's – I've never seen anything where it has to be the, the one true way of anything. Oh, thank People God. out here are very good about <laughs> – it's true though. People out here are very good about saying that doesn't work for me so I reject that shit and I'm going to make this mine.
0: Well, I mean that makes sense fetish given the West valid. Coast and the, the pattern mm-hmm. of behavior that is the West Coast, which is a yes. whole different discussion that has no place here. But you know what I mean.
1: Um, no, no. It, it, yeah, but within kink, it. I will say this. It breeds more diversification within the fetish.
0: Yes, I totally agree. Oh.
1: Well, it needs to. and I've. And I've it, it does, but I've attended some lectures of some well-known people here in the community that have talked about dollification, and to me, it was fascinating to see how each person approached it. Oh, I can um, imagine. And and toy and that's the other thing too is to me toy also doesn't necessarily fit into slavery because I've seen a lot of more so uh, woman s type. That identify as toy simply because they want to be a fuck toy, not so much on the spectrum of property ownership.
0: See, and I find that interesting because I find that more in the bimbo spectrum than the doll spectrum Mm -hmm. from my experience. But then my experience has been largely East Coast.
1: And I do think East Coast is a little more rigid about some of that stuff.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean... I I was raised in an old leather household that really could have been called OG in so many ways. Like, we really did have the old fart from San Francisco in the back corner somewhere sitting and watching everybody. Like, and it was very rigid in the right. I know. But it was also (laughs) very rigid. Like, I've I've talked before about it in there in one of our episodes and the origin point of, you know, I come from a very old school leather house in a lot of ways, other Mm. than the fact that I was hetero, Mm. you know, and not inherently just gay. But aside from, and that was part of what would be considered today new leather, and that's a whole different discussion. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's technically what it is for the purposes of the true OGs. But it was a case Is it wrong? I just
1: want to sit here and yell, thief. Thief, thief.
0: I know, right? (laughs) But it very much came from a case where you followed the rules or you could leave. There was no in-between. There was no middle point of, oh, that's close enough. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mm -hmm. I won't necessarily say that means it was automatically the healthiest approach. I simply had an open enough mind to recognize how to adapt from that very quickly. Because, you know, that's not necessarily any better than having not had any experience and going trial and error, because you're not given any more of a, a healthier view necessarily right out of the gate until you realize that it's changed from what it was when that started.
1: Well, you've got no basis for appreciation either. So, like, I, no. I feel like, there you go. That was my word for the day. Appreciation. It's French. I appreciate um, it. <laughs> Partiate it. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Um, God. <laughs> well, it's, good. it's gonna. At least I'm not drinking. Then the southern really comes out. I was gonna say the um, Florida is showing
0: both of us right now. Let's.
1: <laughs> no, my feet are clean. Thank you. Thank you. Mine
0: aren't, ironically um, enough.
1: <laughs> Jesus jiffy feet not um, quite but <laughs> thank for God. anybody in the south everybody just <laughs> interdied. died oh absolutely but no like i i find that i have a deeper appreciation for these subtle differences between slave types um, oh yes
0: and the fact that there should be some
1: Yeah, because I think uh, when people come into this lifestyle and they dive into the things that they're interested in, you don't know what you don't know, which is primary. But the other thing too is you don't have an appreciation for time and effort that others are pouring into their fetishes because it may not align with what you're doing. And it's not to say that that's necessarily a negative. Most people are very inward focused when they come into this. Yeah, But it's very easy to watch like say you go to a public play space and you see a scene happening and it's easy to become dismissive of what you're seeing oh yeah of, oh that's not a serious scene they're just fucking around or hey you know they they clearly haven't done the proper amount of research and god Ugh. then you then you start talking to those people and i i think i see it a lot because i see a lot of newcomers especially the time right. frame that we're in right now post-covid oh sure but <laughs> Um, but I think that it's, it's easy to become dismissive of how much effort others are putting into their fetishes, um, because what people see is the monetary component up front, the, the gear, the toys, you know, in and, and the case of, you know, dolls and things like that, you know, the wardrobes, the outfits. And people see that and they start equating that to dedication instead of the behavior. That's, and that's when we, as we move through these different types of you know, right side of the slash people, I like saying that because while money is necessary for certain things, when it comes to kink and fetish, your dedication to things is not predicated on your wealth. It should never be. Information is out there. It's easy to find. There is accessibility with it, but I think that. It becomes easier to get stuck into that mindset and people lock into it more when you come out of talking about slavery uh, moving up the spectrum towards bottom because you see more of that transactional kink happening. And these people are still just as much dedicated. They're putting in 100% of their effort into each scene that they're having. It's just a different level of commitment. I don't, I don't want people to hear us talking about slaves and think, oh, my God, that's, that's like the, the epitome of dedication is to become a slave. That's not true. To me, the epitome of dedication is at what point are you actually fulfilled and have found the role you identify with that makes you feel content? Then I would say you've made it, you know. Well, that, I, yeah. I get tired of seeing... I call them collar chasers. I get tired of seeing nope, people that, like, that for too. them, the Holy Grail is being collared. And it's like, get yeah.
0: and out we, of that mindset. we talked about that before. And it, it yeah, it makes my it's skin hard. it's It's just a shame. Mm-hmm. But that's, unfortunately, because we are still talking about in the slave arena, it's actually the point. Because I don't want to spend too long on it, but it needs to be said. Um, mm-hmm. Just like, you know, there's plenty, you know, we pl- talked plenty on the Dom episode about shitting on Doms that are no good, too. So any submissives out yeah. there who are... You know, getting a little uppity. Please remember that, you know, we shit on ourselves too. Everybody's human. Yeah. And this Absolutely. isn't about putting anyone down who doesn't deserve it. It's, you know, the difference or should. And this is a grown up conversation. But, you know, when I hear the term my slave heart, and it's always from a slave who's relatively inexperienced, not every time, <laughs> but most of the time. The problem is they're the ones that judge every other submissive for not being slave enough. And that's the ones that hurt me. Is you're not as submissive gross. as I am. Yeah. There's no fucking yardstick for that, and you are gross.
1: <laughs> there, There's a yardstick, and you beat them with it.
0: Well, no, you don't. That's kind of the point. You use it to get them out the fucking door without hurting them more than you can so they don't enjoy it.
1: I meant beating uh, the dominant, but yes.
0: Oh, well, they get beaten separately. These are two different situations <laughs> at that point. <laughs> you beat the dog yeah. to remind them it's of so where cringy. their place is. I. Like, look, you made this happen. You caused this to be okay. No, 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 no. Come here. <laughs>
1: yeah. We need to step outside. No, I think. Yeah,
0: Kuba hit it too with the dominance that insists you're a slave and just in denial. That's also bullshit. And it's from the unicorn same kind hunting. of mentality of
1: crap. It's, it's to me, that's unicorn hunting. They're trying to push you into their vision of what you should be. And I. right. The other thing, too, is you can't. To me, you cannot talk about the identity of a slave without also discussing the unfortunate racial component that comes into that. Because um, it's more prevalent, especially now. People, people are finally pushing back with the term slave within kink. Hopefully so. Um, I want to say that. I, I have very firm opinions on this. And I, I, I do, do believe too. that the term slave does not apply to a vast majority of people. And it should No.
0: Right. Um,
1: exactly. I also cringe because I've seen it happen online. Um, I, I cringe where I see people try to, to push it off on others. Like, well, you know, because, you know, when you, you're trying to struggle to find your identity, you know, top doesn't fit, bottom doesn't fit. I'm not really submissive. You know, I feel like I've got a deeper understanding and I, a deeper, deeper level of what I want to do. And people are quick to say, oh, you're a slave. No, you could just be a very intense bottom still be a very intense submissive well that's like i mean you're automatically a slave
0: right well and i think part of that also people forget is masochism is not automatically s type
1: that's not a power exchange no
0: it has nothing to do with the power exchange itself is it more common on that side of the slash absolutely Mm -hmm. but i also am a firm believer most you know most of us who are sadists frequently are sadomasochists on some level almost always i won't say that's always the case because it's not but I suspect it runs more common than a lot of people are willing to admit to because it has no bearing on your role. Absolutely. So to judge someone by how much punishment they'll take is oh. the most ridiculous part of that equation. It doesn't work. I mean, and that's that's why it hurts. And you're right. I, I am a firm believer that slaves have a very special place in their space. Mm-hmm. And it shouldn't be remotely normal. It shouldn't be the common percentage. Because it does take a... And it's not because anyone else is less. Mm -hmm. This this isn't a measuring contest in any way. It's that slaves require a different mental dedication to what they want in a way Mm -hmm. that not everyone is even able to achieve. And not in a skill set sense. But because some people have chosen other ways of life, which are just Mm -hmm. as valid and healthy, where they just don't.
1: Well, and I think... The reason why I brought up the the other components behind the word slave, yeah, there are so many terms in kink that are emotionally charged for people for a, ver- like a variety of reasons. And if somebody has an aversion to that title and they want to use something else, fucking let them. Yeah. I, I, I've recently come across a young lady that was very adamant, I will not use the term slave has a lot of emotionally charged connotations for her and her family. And and rightfully so, right? It it was a it's a highly controversial subject for that young lady. And in talking to her, she said she was struggling with her kink identity because everybody kept telling her, "Oh, you're a slave, you're wearing a collar, you're a slave." She was like, "I get that for everyone else. I would be listed as a slave." She goes, "I cannot bring myself to use that term to describe myself and that's why i say i'm a collared submissive and i was like what's wrong with that she was like well people constantly make me feel like i'm somehow lesser than because or that i'm just pretending yeah. and that made me inherently angry
0: yeah absolutely you no know,
1: you know, i'm i'm a dominant woman do you call me mistress you fucking better not you know don't call me goddess Knox. don't call me mistress Knox. i these terms are loaded for a lot of people. And so yeah. somebody may be slave-like, but it doesn't mean that they have to call themselves a slave to be valid within the community. Like it's just, I hate, I hate that. And I see a lot of other submissives dive on each other and kind of like dogpile when that stuff happens. Yeah. And it's, it's not okay. It, it really well, is no. just bad behavior.
0: Because it goes back to the same thing we started with, which is at the end of the day, no submissive is any better or worse than any other. Everyone's choice is valid as long as it's ethical and consensual. End of story. Anyone who tries to compare themselves to better or worse than another in that capacity on either role, for the record, can go fuck themselves right out of the community. And help, I'll help you with a steel-toe boot. Because there's no place for that. There just isn't. I know plenty of you know, what people would refer to as base submissives. Who are every bit as dedicated to their role as a slave.
1: Hell is a base submissive? All your base. <laughs> right. Belong to us. Well, like, we,
0: we were going to have to touch on that at some point, but.
1: Fucking go for it. That was a segue. See right.
0: It. it wasn't intended to be, but it works for our purposes. <laughs> go for it. Um. But base submissive is a very bad way to put that. But there's no submissive as a term is kind of like dominant, is the colloquial general point for submission, for S-types. And that's part of the reason we started saying S-types in the first place, is because submissive does have its own form of the role. But at one point, it was the base point of, we don't know what else to call them, so we're just submissives, because it was about the submission. um, And we, we touched upon that in the chalkboard here just a minute ago, but... I, I, the, the whole history of American BDSM is going to have to be its own episode. Um, <laughs> there's no way around it, but, you know, bottom, slave, submissive, submissive just became the easy term because there was littles, dolls, bimbos, bottoms, you know, not everybody's a slave. And until they realized that there was sure. enough terms that saying S-type actually made more sense... Because submissives themselves are technically a form of the role as well, not just the general term for it anymore. And for for lack of a better descriptor, because there's not a perfect one, is simply someone who has chosen to offer their submission to another in whatever form that may take, but does not actually fit the guidelines of another title between those two people consenting. You know, It could have little format in it. It could have the potential of almost a slave. It could be doll-like but not quite go all that way or they don't feel comfortable feeling it that way perspective-wise. That doesn't make them any less submissive, of course. But also because you don't need to automatically have a box to sit in if you don't want one. You know, a lot of us are all, you know, we we won't get into the label game again, but, you know, everyone likes having a label, something to identify with. Some people Mm -hmm. actually enjoy being on the other side of that of, I don't feel I need a label, other than a base one, because I fit this form, but not enough to break it down to smaller details. And there shouldn't be Mm -hmm. anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. Not at all. Because that applies to the... You know, the mom with kids who does not have time to be a slave because she can't just not be mom. Hmm. Or the CEO of an office somewhere where they literally have to make time throughout their day to break off and be the boss. They can't be a slave because they can't just drop whatever they're doing in the rest of their life for that level of investment, even if they wanted to. Hmm. But that doesn't make them any less submissive or wanting it. And it's really, it technically is that simple and yet obviously not that simple.
1: My Sigma came back. There we go. (laughs) But as, yeah, submissives
0: uh are very much in that, you know, you don't know what else you are or don't know if you want to identify as anything else for that matter.
1: Well, exactly.
0: Because there's nothing wrong with that and there never will be. You know, DOMs aren't the only ones who don't have to have a separate detail box.
1: <laughs> well, and nothing's going to fit into a box all of the time.
0: No, that's and not it doesn't need possible.
1: To. But you made a good point, though. There is a plethora of choices, and it is yes. overwhelming because I think when people are trying to figure out, like I. Because what happens is they come in, I don't know how I identify. Then it's, I really like bottoming, maybe I'm submissive. And then it's, oh, wow, you know, I want to try power exchange. Oh, maybe I'm a slave. And then am I a slave or am I submissive? And then what type, depending on what fetish you're into, right? And, And I think it's, for submissives, I will say, I think it's a little easier in that regard to try to find your identity within the submissive sphere of identities than it is for tops and doms. Um, I think it is absolutely overwhelming because there's titles attached to specific fetishes. There's titles attached to specific kinks and like behaviors, completely separate from power exchange. And people definitely confuse the two. Um, and that's and that, and I say that because I've done it. Now I I conflated submission with its own fetish which power exchange is its own fetish, but the titles within them are not. The fetish part comes into what you do as you're being submissive. What, what are you doing as you are bottoming? And, and I think that's, it's difficult for people to wrap their head around um, because they conflate the two languages so much. So you'll have people say, I'm a fire bottom. I'm a fire top, right? You hear that and you know exactly what you're doing. Right. And you, you know, who's doing what, you know, who's responsible for what, and you know how they identify. Boom. Cool. But is a fire bottom submissive? Oh, no, not inherently. No. Just because they bottomed for a scene means that they bottomed for a scene. It doesn't mean that they're a submissive person. Um, and they may not have a submissive personality at all. So you people coming into kink hear all these terms being tossed around. That's 110% overwhelming. And I think that's why you have so many people, like the first four years they're in kink, have 10 different FetLife names, <laughs> you know, 10 different email addresses, 10 different handles, 10 different Discord personalities. And you know you start creating profiles for each facet of yourself. And then everybody looks like they've got an identity disorder. I think it really does stem from that and not having cut things that they can observe to go, yes, I fall in line with that, or no, that doesn't really apply to me. You know. It it does get very, very interesting.
0: It does. I mean, that's... And, you know, ironically, we didn't start with bottom this time around. Um... (laughs) But, you know, bottom being the original term out of leather, which technically still applies because it applies for someone who's just the length of a scene at this point but that doesn't make them any less a thing also
1: so so after after i th- I think we've we've talked about the slave thing pretty good so yeah,
0: yeah. let's move away from those toys
1: Ball. what you got next um what you got great salt father
0: <laughs> i'm never gonna escape that one now um nope. <laughs> i'm okay with this wow I need more coffee. This totally derailed my brain for a second. Ah, there we go. Uh, uh, yeah, I'll live, trust me. Um, As much as I want to... Yeah, we might as well just go to Littles and get it over with. Do it. Do it. <laughs> because they are, you know, once upon a time, they were considered in the slave market family of...
1: So yeah, little's I when I first came into kink I agree little's did fall under the slave category mainly because of the protection afforded. You now that that's for me my understanding of it that's where it came from and that's what I saw. Um I think now that's different. Little's aren't necessarily inherently under the slave umbrella they are more looked at as submissive bottom. So, um yeah, that's that. Regards to accurate. power exchange, um, especially with the rise of the bratty little uh, bratty littles.
0: The problem is, it's not that they didn't come out of nowhere. Brats have always been
1: mm. around. No, they have, but it's, I think it's now it's embraced as its own identity, and I don't think it ever was before.
0: No, um, and it's it's this combination. Unfortunately, brats we kind of have to talk about with littles because they come from too. the same origin point. Mm-hmm. Um. Because once upon a time, submission and brattiness were two entirely different entities. Now, granted, this was back in the day where you had, you know, you started with gay leather and bottoms, which is as far back as you go in American BDSM history for organizational purposes. But you fit a certain rigid role and there wasn't any of that kind of brattiness. It didn't fit what you were doing. And there were a variety of reasons for this we won't get into here, but there was no place for it. And so up until it became a case where, you know, as they refer to new leather, Mm -hmm. and that's when they started talking about it a little more about being Mm -hmm. open to hetero acceptance and even females at some point a little bit later than that, et cetera, et cetera, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: is when they started recognizing that it's okay to have other behavioral types. And even that took quite a while. Um, I think that's the distinction. It is. And that's why Little was a very specific cadre of people. You know, the DDLG market entity was so small and it was exclusively master slave style. Because it had to be because of the nature of what it was, which often was, you know, the Little stayed home and basically waited on daddy. And sometimes took care of the house, but often didn't even do that. They were basically there as a live-in fuck slave, for all intents and purposes, and they were okay with this. Mind you, this is still a consensual arrangement. Like it, <laughs> just so there's any misunderstanding, even in that point in time, consent and you know everything was still part of that. Um, but it was a very specific, very rigid style that only appealed to a certain cadre, and it was still very much a, a heterocentric one, much like gore. Where it was, you know, adult male daddy versus submissive little female, often younger Mm -hmm. female. Uh, Age regression as a whole, I won't get into here. I think that needs to be in a separate episode about littles and DDLG. Mm -hmm. Only because that is not necessarily the same thing. And I don't want to make that a confusing part of this, when it's not part of that. Because age regression is not part of submission, it's part of an affectation of littles. Not that they're the only ones who could even have that, for that matter. But as a result, it no. has no place here for what we're <coughs> talking about. That's all. But Littles evolved over time, and it wasn't actually until, ac- ironically, until after I had been in the scene a couple years where Littles started taking on the affectation where submissives were also starting to call themselves brats. And it wasn't often, and it was an uncommon thing at least at that point, but it gained traction very quickly because everyday submissives like the idea of being snarky and getting punished for it. Not that I blame them. God knows I am happily to punish them all the time.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, right.
0: You know, I'm here for it. It became its own entity very rapidly. And unfortunately, because the day and age it became where it was, yeah, like Kuba said, punishment was part of that as well, and that's exactly what kind of thing it is. When you're both in on it, you're enjoying it, there's still respect involved. And that's what it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be about disrespect and self-entitlement and all this other shit. And unfortunately, the problem is the modern age where that entity became itself was when kink started getting more common stream. Not mainstream, but common stream, where it's it was less esoteric to the household name.
1: I would agree with that, and I—that's—that's in line with kind of what I've observed. Yeah, and it's Mm -hmm. like
0: like Kuba said about Fifty Shades, and it wasn't just Fifty Shades, but the timings all within the same range. uh and so there was this cadre of people who watched Fifty Shades or read the books or read books similar or whatever, and they were like, "Ooh, that's for me! I want to be a disrespectful bitch," (laughs) because they didn't understand any of the things that went with BDSM they just mm-hmm. like the self entitlement to basically about being a pain in the ass mm-hmm. which I get it in an unhealthy way but it doesn't work for ethical people being relationships together I don't care whether it's kinky or not I I the problem with brats is that it's whether we like it or not once again it's that dark side of we have to have the adult conversation here whether we like it or mm-hmm. not Um, because there's brats as a behavior, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: which can apply to anybody these days. I know bratty slaves these days, and there's nothing wrong with that either. Because it's a behavior pattern, not a type. Um, but there are those that refer to themselves as brats as a type. I personally see them as submissives that are bratty, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to tell them they're not allowed to identify as such, because who am I to do that? Um,
1: (laughs) not... No, I have the same hang up with it because to me, I don't, I see, ah, that's, that's, yeah, What, what I have encountered, what I've seen, the identification of brat is an online thing. It's not something that you saw in real life in Dungeon Space because bratting was a play type. Yes. It wasn't who you were right so you you were a submissive who engaged in bratting as like um an expression almost of of themselves so i i will say it is a new age term I absolutely will say that it's it's an online term because it kind of became the the in thing to identify as a brat and and then conversely brat tamer right saying I like someone feisty instead of saying I'm, I'm sassy you know? Um. to me, brat is not a power exchange. No, it's not. And so, I, and that's, so to me, I don't feel it does all in this umbrella of terms of identities because I, no, I, I this litmus I... test I use is like, can, because this is, this is my thing litmus test that I have for it. If you're going to say brat is your identity, can you identify solely as a brat as a way of expressing who you are? My answer is no. Because if you were to walk up to somebody and they potentially want to play with you and like, oh, so how do you identify? Oh, I'm a brat. You didn't tell me shit.
0: Also you didn't than the tell fact me you're if you're ready. top or bottom.
1: Yeah, you, all you told me is that you like to you know, talk shit, get hit. It, like, I, you don't, you're not and really I, expressing.
0: Right. I get Other that, than I be, like to
1: have that give or take.
0: That'd be no different than walking up and saying, I'm impact.
1: I mean, <laughs> doesn't tell me anything. Right. Are you exactly. hitting or are you being hit? Like, I don't, right. And that's what I'm saying. To me, bratting is a play style, it's something that happens within the power exchange, but it's not the power exchange itself. And in leather, especially. To me, it's not an actual identity. I won't say it's not valid. Like, I mean, much how you feel about it. I will never tell somebody that their identity is invalid, but I don't think they're actually expressing anything, not expressing anything that would signify actual identity. Right. It's a behavior.
0: Well, and that's. You you are
1: bratty. You are not a brat.
0: No, I agree. Um. And this is the point where I usually will point out, you know, for those that are listening that identify as brats, I am going to simply say we can politely disagree. I'm not going to sit there and, like, pick you out in a dungeon and say you're not allowed to call yourself a brat. Like, don't misunderstand me. Right. I'm never going to be that person. That's not what I do at all. I am entitled to disagree with your view, and you are entitled to disagree with mine, and I totally respect that. But please understand that our perspective comes from a place, and that's why we explain where it comes from. We're not just like, I just don't like them. or I have a bratty submissive Mm -hmm. right now. It's not that I don't like them. Uh, (laughs) Let Mm -hmm. me be very obviously clear on that shit. As someone who sees it a certain way, I still have one Mm because I have a field date putting her in her place, and she enjoys the fuck having it happen. That's how that works because it's about respect within the dynamic. And that's really the key element that gets lost in frequently when brat becomes its own separate thing is that it's not a separate thing for a reason because it's not mm-hmm. – You me know, it's a kink, not a form of role.
1: No. And like me personally – and I'm notorious about this. Anybody that knows me knows I'm so anti-brat because I, I have a very rigid mindset when it comes to scenes and power exchange. I'm not dragging you into the power exchange. You have to come to it willingly. And so to me, bratting comes across very disrespectful. There's a way to be playful and not necessarily bratty. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm not okay with bratting or those who identify as brats coming to me for play simply because I tend to be a more... When I'm in scene space, I tend to be a more serious player. Um, Not to say that I won't laugh and giggle and stuff like that, but I tend to be very single-mindedly focused and and driven when i'm in a scene my scenes tend to have a heavier mood it just doesn't fit my play style um i like watching scenes with people who are bratting i think it's fun i absolutely get the enjoyment things like that it's just not my style and so right and that's why i'm not i won't say i'm anti-brat it's just not my cup of tea well, And, and that's... so I'll, I have people that try it. Like they, they'll right. come up and they're like, yeah, I'm a submissive. I want to do this. Oh, but just so you know, I'm also a brat. That's fine. Keep your brat in check while we're playing. Because you do that shit to me, I'm going to end a scene because I'm not here to force you to do anything. Right. You're coming to me because you want to play with me, which means we're going to play. If you want to turn it into CNC, then call it CNC. If you're wanting to turn it into some other type of a, a scene, say so. Don't just say, oh, by the way, I'm bratty.
0: Well, and that's the thing is like even with my brat who isn't a brat, she's a little who is bratty. Ironically Mm -hmm. enough, it's the type. Um, Amazing how that works. But either way, Mm -hmm. you know, that is an affectation within our dynamic, not within scening. She does not brat during scening. At that junction, I am in full point of where I'm supposed to be. And she is in the respect point she feels she needs to be. And not because I've made her, but because that's how she is. Mm -hmm. Because bratting has no bearing on scening. It's an affectation of your everyday life patterns and behaviors. Has nothing to do with your play style. And it shouldn't. Not that you can't have fun with it if you both are into that. But I would be loath to call it a play style, even in its own form, in any capacity. But that's also, again, just my opinion, and you know.
1: Oh, no, and, and I, I don't disagree with that. I think, and, and I think with all of these terms, that's that's the hard part, right? Yeah. Uh, vision Vision is making a good point in in the comments. There are a lot of words that could replace one another to describe someone
3: oh absolutely! there are a lot of
1: words that can be used interchangeable so what i one of the things that i guide people on is choose choose your words carefully not not just because you want to be understood but you want to know what you're conveying um i have a, a friend of mine who's submissive that didn't understand what they were putting out into the ether because of their word choice. And so they didn't understand why the people that were hitting him on FetLife were approaching them. They didn't understand why in the physical play space, certain types of people kept approaching him. Yeah. I pointed out it's because of how you're identifying. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? Well, you're, you're intentionally using loaded terms and you're not understanding what, what you're putting out there. So using when, Brat, obviously, we're on that. So, Brat's the easy one. But saying submissive, saying slave, in a leather context, when you encounter other people who identify as leather, those come with behavior expectations. Yes. They are very much loaded terminology, not just in BDSM, but in leather culture. So, you know, as me (laughs) as a leather woman, if you walk up to me and say, Hi, ma'am. Um, I'm, I'm interested in speaking with you. The first question is about what? Yeah. It's, and not, not being <laughs> shitty, but what is it you want to discuss? No, absolutely, that's going to be how cause... I gauge what you want to, how much capacity am I going to give you? Right. Right. Um, and relative to what
0: arena you're trying to talk about too and why.
1: And so like for me, when you come up and say, well, I'd like to talk to you about cigar service. Yeah. Awesome. What would you like to discuss? Right. Like cigars. Okay. So do you consider yourself someone who's into giving service? Like I'll, I'll use boot black as another example, right? Or are you, do you identify as a boot black? Yes, I do. Awesome. You know, so <laughs> now you're approaching me for leather care. You say you want to do boot blacking. When we finish, I'm going to tip you. know, here's, here's your five, 10 bucks, whatever, you know, thank you so much for your service. And then they look at you like, well, no, I wanted to have a scene. Okay. Well, that's different. If you were approaching me to have a boot scene, that to me is a very different negotiation than saying, hi, ma'am, can I clean your shoes?
0: Right. No, absolutely.
1: Uh, So to me to run around saying I am a boot black, well, people have an expectation of what you do and how you operate. Well, and, and so... this is
0: this is something I've had a recent conversation about um, for a variety of reasons, not even locally, uh, because there's been a more recent group of service emissives, and it's not exclusive to any one area, but it's very uncommon still. It's who enjoy boot blacking as a service mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily leather. Yeah, absolutely. And I am am absolutely here for it. I will hold space for these bastards in a heartbeat. I think it's great that they take the skill regardless. Mm -hmm. But the couple of them that I've talked to, I also tend to point out, be prepared to have people approach you from leather who will have a certain perspective of you and be prepared to point out that you don't represent the same view in a healthy Mm -hmm. way because they are going to look at you and they're going to think about it. And if you don't want to be associated a certain way, you will need to be able to enunciate how you see it. Yeah. And as long as you can do that, you'll be all right, because I'll absolutely defend your right to enjoy yourself that way. But you need to be able to articulate what that means. Kind of like what we've said even during our leather episode is two people who come from leather. You want to start a brand new leather household and you got the, he- the flag and all this other good shit and you're raring to go. But if I ask you, great, what do you stand for? And you're like, uh, what? We just like leather. You're going to have a different perspective from me very quickly. Because you clearly didn't do any work. You didn't put any thought into it. And I'm not meaning to get so drifted apart, but the mentality is the same as far as I'm concerned. As far as any kind of, either it's topping or bottoming. You need to be able to articulate where your perspective comes from. Even if you can't put a title on it, there's nothing wrong with being able to say, I don't really feel like I'm any X, Y, Z. As long as you can articulate what you do feel. Because that's the only part that matters. And I think that as kink is evolving, that's becoming more prevalent. Mm-hmm
1: that's and what there's... I'm saying is you have to choose what you're putting out as much as how you want to identify. Yes. Because And it's not so much about picking labels that don't apply to you. It's more about understanding how other people interact with those terms as well to know mm-hmm. what that expectation is of you. Because I think a lot of the miscommunication that happens with people is that simple. Yeah. They don't understand how their identity is being viewed because they've they're appropriated terms that don't necessarily fit their behaviors or they're taking a term that's already very clearly defined and are changing it. And I see that a lot, especially out here in Los Angeles where you, and I'm not saying that language can't evolve. It should, otherwise it dies. But there are certain terms that to me are the tried and true and exactly says what it means. And so when you come back and say, no, submissive is a prime example you identify as a submissive okay yeah you have to go deeper so what does that mean to you but you don't get into those conversations typically in in a cursory sense somebody says they identify as a submissive I already have a mental framework for what that means and what I expect from you as a submissive then when you come back and say yeah I know I, I identify as a submissive but what I really meant to say is I like bottoming in scenes you can't take a term like that and start making it something different. To me, that's not at all what this is about. And there's a lot of terms within kink right now that are going through this weird type of evolution. I don't necessarily think that it's healthy or helpful. I think it's what's causing so much miscommunication and, and struggle kind of in the communities, online and in person. Um, I think people mean well. They're just struggling to find language that fits what they're doing and they're coming across the best language they know at the time. Yeah. But there are certain terms t- in my opinion that are just mutable. No. And I do think sub-slave, top-bottom those to me are like the de facto hardcore those don't evolve. Everything underneath those umbrellas can. Yeah. And I think I think that's where I'm with it now. Yeah.
0: No, and that's um, I... that's kind of where I've become like the... – we've touched on it once upon a time, but I, I've discovered it more and more as I get further into the last couple years post-COVID. The community as a whole in kink is evolving, and it's evolving in a way that has nothing to do with local boundaries anymore, which isn't necessarily a bad thing, 100%. Like I love the idea of what's going on. But with that comes the growing pains of those of us that come from a very structured, organized, localized community back before the digital age.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I can freely admit that, yeah, one, that makes me a little older and, you know, I'm dating myself a little bit, but there's an important point to that here. And it's because this was back before we had, like we're able to do now with this podcast, being able to reach whoever was able to listen across the world. Which is a beautiful fucking thing. And I never thought that would happen when I started. I never expected that part of this journey. But here we are and it goes beyond local boundaries and local lunches and meetings. And it has to. Mm -hmm. Because the world has become larger, whether we like it or not. And it's less about – not that local community doesn't still matter because it's important and necessary You cannot have kink without a local community. It's just not possible. Not Mm healthy-wise.
1: I'm with you on that one.
0: You know, and it's just at that point. But it's evolving Mm -hmm. in a way where people are evolving past titles and labels. And unfortunately, there's the growing pains that go with that, where people don't always do well. Adapting to that system without either pushing to one end or the other. Whether it's because they're stubborn, whether because they feel that if they lose that identity, they don't know what to do next, whatever it might be. And I'm not even shitting on any of those people because I understand where it comes from. And a lot of it comes from fear and insecurity, like anybody, of losing what they think matters to them. Mm -hmm. And the important part of that is that you're not losing anything. Right. Which is probably the most thing. important thing is you don't lose anything if you no longer feel you have a title that fits you. You hmm. Last I checked, you're still you. No matter what, whatever your particular perspectives are are about you, if you want to be a dominant that doesn't have any one set kind of submissive – why the hell not? If you don't even want to be called a dominant, but you like being called daddy because it's what you like, and she's okay with that even though she's not a little, more power to the both of you if you're being ethical and consensual.
1: God damn it. Now I got another song in my head. <laughs> Posting this one too. Hold on. Damn you.
0: And I never thought I'd see the day that would happen because in my, you know – when I started this journey, if you had said anything like that, I would have looked at you funny.
2: Mm-hmm, hmm
0: You know, I have no problem owning that. Sure. It's just changed. It's changed in a way that's mm-hmm. amazing. But with it comes all the wonderful, mature growing pains that come with having to deal with that. And I... You know, we don't talk about it the same way on the the D-type part of the podcast because, ironically, most D-types are quite content to sit in their boxes. You know, the nature of order, organization, and responsibility is we – not that we can't be open-minded, but we're easier – oh, my God. I know that song, sadly.
1: (laughs) 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 I'd play it, but we don't have the rights to it. I know, right? (laughs) the song I'm referencing is
0: King Mala's She Calls Me Daddy. Which happens to be a great song. So, <laughs> it's a great fucking song. It's fantastic. Got so many levels. Uh.
1: <laughs> but as soon as you said that, and I'm sorry, I derailed you, but as soon as you said oh, that totally. this, the lyrics popped in and I was like, God damn it.
0: Oh no, oh, I totally I understand. It. It's it's amazing. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was worth it.
0: Oh, totally. And it's all good. Oh. Um, But no, it's the nature of dominance. We're happy to sit in our label boxes because it works for us to move on to the other parts of what we care about. Whereas the nature of submission, in my opinion, let me me put that preface label on there for a reason. In my opinion, you are not entitled (laughs) to have to agree with me. But I feel that submission by its nature, because even when I was a bottom in my household, I had a lot more... Interest and self-discovery of where I was going to go in that regard. You know, what box I would fit in or what title would fit me, etc. Because there was so many more options. And then when I realized that I much preferred to be a dominant, I found that the box just didn't need to have anything. I was okay with just being a dom for the time being. And whatever came my way, it did. And there's... There's dominants who prefer to stick with, you know, whatever their particular box is, and there's nothing wrong with that either. You know, if you want to be a master, and that's the only kind of dynamics you want, or you only want littles, or you want only want toys, whatever, more power to you. Go for it, and you got space for that. Moving from littles onward, and bottoms at this point, to, we've covered generals and misses, but there's still the pets, actually. Yes. For one thing, and that's... I definitely don't want that to ever be missed because that's there's owners of property and then owners of pets. And those are two very different kinks. Yes. Um,
1: Owner handler is radically different than the other. Oh, yes. Yes. is.
0: Well, and by the same token, you have the we have to talk about them in the same family, because while furries are a kink, they are not a role. But you will often find them. In the little slash pet space,
1: crews are a completely different segment of the community. They are. Um, and I say this as a pet owner because uh, our slave does identify as pet. Okay. Um, so I I will I will preach on that for a hot minute. <laughs> um, Please do. I do actually know something about this now. <laughs> this this was I will say this after. At the time 16 years in kink i became very good friends with my first pet and it was absolutely a fetish and a role that i never dabbled in because i didn't understand it um i often mistook pet players for furries i did i i knew that there was a difference with how they expressed themselves but i didn't really understand what it was um I didn't understand the, how sexuality came into play with it or didn't, um, especially when you talk about pet play. I coming from a leather background, I was used to seeing pups in the bar.:
2: Yeah. And I was oh, used absolutely. to seeing
1: ponies at conventions. Um, pony play was really the only pet play that I was ever actually around. Part of that was growing up in Florida, where equestrian everything is big. Um, so I got to see the beautiful gear. I got to see the beautiful leather, um, training or parading your pony around and riding in carts and all, all of those things. And I didn't get to see community pet play until I moved to LA. I didn't get a chance to see difference between different types of pets till I moved to LA. Um... Was, that was a big eye-opener for me, in a happy way, because the, the pet community out here, good shout-out, it's just fucking amazing. I've never seen, even within kink, That's this awesome, is the pet community in Los Angeles, if anybody ever has a chance to come out here, one of the most open and welcoming group of people I have ever met. Um, the, the pet community, those that aren't aware, is very different from the leather pups other leather pups are welcome in the pet community don't don't mistake me
0: but But they are very different
1: same yeah it's not all the same and even within the leather community pups and that type of play is relatively new Pups is not something that you would normally see at a bar where guys were cruising um that that is that We'll call it new age shit. Um, there is a rich history with, within pups that doesn't transcend all of leather. And a lot of people don't know that.
0: No, absolutely.
1: Um, that, that definitely, I would say, is I think came in in the, the 90s going forward. We really, really saw it strongly in, oh, yes. in the bars and having a real presence. Mm-hmm. Um, because even within pups and the pet community... They have leather titles that are completely outside of what I will call mainstream leather titles. They, they have their own subset. Right. Um, but, but pets specifically, when you talk about handlers and, uh, trainers, there's house pets and then there's what I'll call the wild pets. Um, Yeah. Most pet, most pet gatherings tend to be more of your domesticated animals. But you do – I've met so many pets. I've met those who identify as turtle, snake, bird, pig, a pup, cat, kitten, um, pandas, red pandas, raccoons. Um, I've really – oh, I met one stag. That was really fascinating. That would
0: be interesting to me.
1: And their – oh, their gear was amazing. Oh, Oh, I can imagine. Uh, it was very majestic. Um I've met unicorns. Um, all, I mean, pretty much any 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 type of animal you could think of, someone has identified as it. Um and it's relationship with their handlers is in my opinion a very pure one. Um
0: oh definitely. I'll agree with that.
1: Yeah, and it's it's a very pure form of power exchange. Yeah. From from my experience. Um and it does change over time. Um, I've seen, I've seen a lot of um, pets that have handlers that are not necessarily in a romantic relationship. It is seen and play based, mm-hmm. but it's not transactional. It's a steady, consistent. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of training just like you would a bio pet. And so it's, to me, it's been a beautiful thing to watch, even though I'm not necessarily, I'll, I'll never say that I'm a part of that community. I'm a strong right. supporter.
0: No, I'm right there. I, yeah. I'm only just dabbling into the the pet ownership side of things myself unexpectedly um, okay. in the last couple of years. Okay. Uh, and it's still something we're still figuring out and whatnot. It doesn't even have a full shape okay. yet. But it's something I've always been open to. But the East Coast is much less. different. It's It's different and it's also a lot harder to find. Um, for a variety of reasons, some of which are more obvious than others, but it's less common, but I was always fascinated by it because it's, because it is a much easier to find healthy parts of than other aspects of kink. And I think part of that is because the nature of what it is, is so much more pure in a lot of ways. I agree with that.
1: And I think the pet community as a whole they know what they're looking for. They're able to explain it because the language is already there. We use it for biopets. You're not having to figure shit out and dive into the deep in the same way you do with relationships um, or more of the, the mainstream power exchanges that you see. Yeah. Because we, everyone has a framework of what it is to have a cat or a dog. We have language around that. We know yes. what we mean when we say we're training a dog, we're housebreaking a pet. Um, we know what it is to say that we have a punishment reward system for a pet. People don't understand that when you say I have a punishment reward system set up for my slave. Right. It is a very different mindset. And oh, so I think I, I firmly, from what I have seen from the pet community here, I love it when I I hear someone who's brand new to BDSM and brand new to the community and stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, I started with pet play. I'm like, man, that is such an amazing way to start because not only were you seeing the fun, but you were learning a very pure form of power exchange that's already distilled down and easy to digest.
0: Oh no. Absolutely.
1: And, so, and I find that people within the pet community specifically, have a much easier time communicating with those that engage in other fetishes with I'll less miscommunication.
0: No, totally, because they've already learned how to articulate because it's mm-hmm. part of what they need to do to begin with. It's an integral part of it, and they don't question it, so it's much easier for them, which mm-hmm. is a beautiful thing anyway. Um,
1: yeah, and <laughs> I've also seen that there's there's also more... Willingness to help within the pet community. Yes, um, pets are They're willing to help so other supportive. pets. Handlers are; they very are supportive, and you find people are more willing to say, "Hey, let me help you with that." You know, uh, and even I, like with gear.
0: I I hate to make the joke, but I kind of have to. It's funny that the pet community is less catty. They are. But it's true. So it there, really now is. Th- I
1: will say, I've I've seen the darker seedier side of it too. Oh yeah, it
0: can be there, don't and, get me wrong.
1: <laughs> and, and and I will say this for for people that are unaware about the types of pet play people engage in. Um not all pet play is just fetching treats and learning how to roll over. There is such thing as dark pet play. Right. Um, just like you have within age play, right? You have dark age play, things like that. Pets have very much the same same stuff. Um Yeah. And there is often, in my experience, a lot of crossover between littles and pets.
0: Oh, very much so.
1: There's, there's a lot of crossover. So well, it's it can, because
0: it, the mindsets can share a, a lot of similarity if they're all healthy in the same way.
1: Even when they're not, I mean, it's the the play itself. There's a lot of similarities between uh, littles and and their caregivers and pets and their caregivers, um, pets and their handlers so it's, I I have been able to go to enough of the pet moshes that happen. At-
3: oh.
1: Get booted.
0: I was going to say, I had this moment. I was like, she stopped. Okay, we're going
1: to pause this. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got legit. What was the last thing you heard? Um- moshes? It's some of the most pure fun I've ever seen.
0: I can only imagine, but I bet.
1: No, like, it's it's so bubbly and uplifting and, and just bliss. Watching the pets interact with each other, you know, like all of that. It's just pure, pure bliss.
0: Well, it's what I, I find it. utterly fascinating, and it's because I've watched DDLG evolve over, mm-hmm. you know. 30, 20 something years Um, from what it was in a very rigid TPE style environment to what it is today, where Mm -hmm. that is still there. Like there are many littles that still want that. It's not like it's gone. It's just that there's the other side to that where now you have the ones are much more casual, much more pickup where it may be more just an affectation even for some of them. Where they just like the idea of dress up. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I'm here for it for you to have your space if it's ethical, consensual, etc. As Mm -hmm. long as you're not being unhealthy. Um, Mm -hmm. But these are now like there's – and then there's the brats right in between. And it all kind of sits together in its own suit but they're each separate parts Mm -hmm. in this you know space. And I find it ironic because I've watched that they all absolutely get along with the pet play arena. As a communal group, but separately from each other on the little side, which is so weird to me that it's like that.
1: Yeah. And, and I don't, I will say, I don't think it's that way everywhere. No, it's definitely, it definitely not has everywhere. been my experience here in Los Angeles. But I also know the community leaders mm-hmm. and the lengths that they go to make that happen. So, I, I mean, I see the work that goes into it, and I see a constant way that they make sure people feel safe and welcome to right. explore and things like that. And it is one group, I think, within Kink that you don't find the same level of attention and care to newcomers the same way across the field. It's just in pet play that I've I've seen that.
0: Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you and i love it i'm here for it even though it's something mm-hmm. i'm very unfamiliar with still like i always have been but i'm i've always been one of those people of it doesn't have to be my kink for you to have your space if mm-hmm. everybody involved is good yeah. that's it that's always been my base premise for everything since i started this journey i don't have to be into what you're into to appreciate that you're into it and maybe even enjoy mm-hmm. watching you enjoy it right and I wish more people understood that it should be that simple.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because you don't have to be into something for it to be good. And you might even enjoy watching it, even if it's not your jam. <laughs> right. And in many cases, that frequently turns into, fuck, I guess it's my kink too. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Which happens yeah, a I lot more than people walking. realize. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. My favorite phrase on the planet is the one, you know, once you start finding kink the common phrase you're going to say the most often is fuck i think i'm into this.
1: Okay, I think yeah, but it's true.
0: It is. And it's a beautiful fucking thing.
1: I never if you would have asked me when i got into kink at some point are you going to be okay interacting with a pet or owning a pet? I would have said no, it's weird. <laughs> and now i'm like no, they're great. I want like a thousand of them.
0: <laughs> like i want a pack.
1: <laughs> I do. I but do, I could totally and appreciate help. that. Yeah, but but again, it, it's just a fun facet of the community. But yeah, it is. But pet play is radically different than furry. Um,
0: oh, definitely. Furry
1: community is 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 its own animal. Huh? Right. Um,
0: it's just that it's, I it needs to be met, mentioned different. because it runs into both camps so f- does. commonly that you can't you almost can't speak about one without the other, even though it's not in and of itself part of the roles.
1: Well, and I find that there's there's a lot of misperceptions even between the two communities. Like, they, they oh, throw yeah. shade on each other. Oh, they do. It's so like, oh, I'm not a pet, I'm a furry. Ew, I'm not a furry, I'm a pet. Like, <laughs> well,
0: because there's so much misunderstanding even for yeah. – you already have the furry community, which while part of kink, a lot of kinksters don't look at it the same, which is unfortunate by itself because right. I don't care who you are. It's a fucking kink. Get over yourselves.
1: No, it's a and there's push. nothing Absolutely. wrong
0: with the thing. I'll be here for it, and I'll fight it tooth and nail to have a fucking space. And if you can't appreciate that, fuck you.
1: I have a space. They can have conventions. That's different.
0: <laughs> I mean, and let's be honest. you can go co- to a hotel conven-
1: and have a convention. <laughs>
0: uh, conventions are an amazing subset of universe anyway, if you're into that. Like I've been a convention person once in my life. I'm here for the people that yeah. are. I cannot do it anymore. No shame. Mm-hmm. Not that I wouldn't, on a if it was the right one, but I am no longer a regular, I'm going to be here for these kind of person.
1: I'm old and tired.
0: That's just too many asses and elbows in too many places. <laughs> and I can be <laughs> honest about that. And not in a way I'm okay with.
1: <laughs> I like that asses and elbows. That's cute. That's, that's cute. Right? hmm um, Absolutely.
0: But, you know... Littles, pets, furries needed to be said with that, but by the same token, they kind of move us into what is essentially, it's not strictly bottoms, it wasn't strictly tops, technically it doesn't go with either one, it would be closer to switches, but switches don't really have their own category of groups that way, so this needs to be addended either way, because I don't want them to think they're misrepresented or non-existent, um, but well, that's so- primal.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: Because primal has its place in all of those. Mm
2: hmm.
0: There are primal predators, primal prey, pack. And in packs, it's not always even tops and bottoms. Sometimes they're all technically switches where it's based on who emerges on top for a while. They play in a very full primal Mm -hmm. aspect that way where the Mm -hmm. alpha is a mutable entity and not always the same person or people.
1: Yeah. Yeah, totally. And
0: they're all consenting on this. They're all down for this. And I've seen packs that are like 10 people strong. It's not yeah. common, but it happens. And they it's very much, it's glorious to watch. Mm-hmm. Especially when anything like res- a struggle for, you know, a tandem is anything. Because they fight in a way that's glorious that way. Mm-hmm. Because that's the whole point, is they give in to that. That instinctual mm-hmm. need to be like, let's settle this like people. No, let's settle this like animals. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm here for it. I I have God. participated in primal. I've involved in it. I have not been directly involved in a pack in many many years or been part of it that way. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, if I'm, you're one of my play partners and you start some shit, we're gonna start some shit. We'll see what <laughs> happens. You know, as long as we've talked about it beforehand, you know. Sure. But absolutely, I'm here for that shit, and I I don't want anyone on the predator side or the prey side to think that they. Don't exist, don't have their place, or, you know, it's just that they don't really have a specific separated entity because they are all part of their own. Yeah. I would almost say that they're in their own slash.
1: I, I think they its are. In
0: own way, because it's not really switches in the same sense, because they encompass all of them. Because you will have those on tops, bottoms, and both. Yeah. And
1: no, I I think they do have their own category and because and I and I think when you're talking about just pure power exchange, to me those are are, I don't view them as subsets of power exchange. I view them as their own identity.
0: Exactly.
1: I mean and, and I and you know, littles, pets, primals, all of them. I view all of them the same way because to me those are not it's not a DS based power exchange.
0: No, I, I think not in the are... same sense. They can Mm-mm. be, but it's not usually the case.
1: Right. They I think they are completely separate.
0: No, I agree with that.
1: Yeah. Primal play is definitely an interesting thing to watch. I've I myself have not engaged in it for a variety of reasons. But the scenes that I have watched and DM'd of it <laughs> it's fun. It's it's pure I, fun. It's brutal. It's vicious. Mm-hmm. I um, would. It's highly charged.
0: Oh yeah. I, I would venture Gotta to thought. say, at least in my opinion, mm-hmm. I, I put primal, ironically, in the same camp as leather. In that it's it's not directly part of BDSM, but it is part of BDSM. Mm-hmm. But it is its own entity with its own deserved space, apart from what we normally look at collectively as BDSM. Because it is its own entity, and it deserves to be one. I I don't see it it it.
1: as part of BDSM. Not directly, no.
0: That's fair. I I can appreciate that. I only say both because there are couples that I've met where it's primal play is part of their sequence, but it is a predator and prey specifically where they don't switch. And that's not common either, but it does happen where it actually is a power exchange situation, but it is certainly not the norm within primal to be fair either.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. For me, it, it's separate because it's not, No, that's
0: they're not fair. engaging it's... in
1: primal for the power exchange. They're gauging in primal because that's their fetish.
0: No, that's absolutely fair. I guess it's closer to leather in very... that regard. Than... Yeah. Cause you know, like we said, the in our leather is not
1: inherently BDSM.
0: Right. And much like we said in our leather episode about, Leather is not inherently any one format either. And I think primal definitely deserves the same kind of area of commonality in that regard. They have their own space Mm -hmm. that is not inherently any one profile.
2: Right. right.
0: And God knows I'm here for it because, you know, primal (laughs) fucking play is a lot like leather sex. It's hot and it's fucking amazing to watch and engage in in (laughs) its own capacity.
1: No, um, it is. That's what I'm saying. I love, I love watching it. I love DMing it. I won't engage in it myself.
0: No, and I totally respect that because there's nothing wrong with that either.
1: Mm. That's why it's fun, I think.
0: Oh, well, and it's it's a really relative thing. As someone who's engaged in it more than once in my life, it's you know, Primal will definitely have its own episode either way because it has to. As far as I'm concerned, it, it's a requirement. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry. But for sum up purposes, as someone who has actively been in primal situations, <laughs> uh, it's very much one of those things where you have to be able to be into that is a big part of that too. Yes, because I have engaged with partners where they wanted to, but it was mm-hmm. relative to where they worked at the time or who else they would be seeing mm-hmm. on a regular basis, family wise, etc. Which is totally respectable. Because you have to be able to live, you know, first and foremost, as we always point out, you know, real life first, even within kink, like you have to be able Mm -hmm. to take care of your business without having issues in a way that's healthy and ethical for you. So not outing yourself by accident is kind of a big deal. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I say that as someone who has, uh, when I was still working back in Minnesota, there was a point where my my partner at the time and I got into a primal struggle unintentionally. And it's how she discovered she enjoyed it because she had accidentally (laughs) ripped down my arm when we were wrestling and it wasn't like a real fight or anything aggressive. It was just having fun and it wasn't intentional, but she gashed my arm really good and it drew blood. And that was the first thing I remember your honor. Um, It turned very wild, very quickly, very hot. But, you know, I had to go to work the next day. Mm. Insecurity. In summer. So my forearms were bare. Yeah. And I, I very much had to explain, no hiding, that, you up. know, I got into an argument with my girlfriend's cat. Because nothing less would have remotely made people not raise a hairy eyebrow.
1: Mm-hmm. And there was
0: only so much I could do about that. I mean... <laughs> Not something I'm happy about or proud of. It's what happened. But I was in a position where at least I wasn't judged for it the same way because I could make something of it. She worked Mm -hmm. in medical, specifically in surgery. Oh, geez. She couldn't have a blemish on her to go to work to. Or it would have been her livelihood. So for obvious reasons, it was very specific when those things came up in the future. But it made for some very interesting adjustment to our dynamic at the time. Let me tell you.
1: <laughs> of course it did well, because it had to, right?
0: Right. Oh no, absolutely because it changes how you have to address the the rest of the world. Mm-hmm. And that's it's kind of like wearing you know an adopting leather while maybe less so relatively speaking physically. you adjust your view to adjust the way you operate in the world as a result. That's true. For a variety of reasons, and yeah, because you end up adapting to it. If you're in the god help me, the normal ish kink cone, as it were, where you're not really any particular barometer of that, where you're so outside mm-hmm. the norm you have to do that, you don't worry about it the same way. Not because you plan to go out walking in a gimp suit, like, don't get me wrong. <laughs> But I feel like there's less concern about how you approach other people. And it's an inherent part of it. Whereas primal, leather, I would even say the furry community, etc. All of those we've been talking about in this last little bit all have that particular affectation as a rule. Where Mm -hmm. they're very careful how they approach the rest of the king community even. Because they are all recognized in certain kinds of sub boxes. And there's nothing inherently wrong with that. Just it's the nature no, of the No, it's just beast. the way it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, At that point, <laughs> I'm not sure. Yeah, I believe we've covered the bases. Pretty sure. Yeah, I know, right? Scarily enough, I think we hit it on the head. That's a scary thought. That's bomb. amazing. That I know, right?
2: <laughs> Oh, no.
0: Right. <laughs> um, No, I can't think of anything we left out. Can you?
1: No, no, I was actually that's thats kind of why I got quiet as I was racking my brain. Like, did yeah. we cover everything that we wanted?
0: Yeah, it's a ge- it's a generalized episode. I'm not looking to get deeper mm-hmm. than we already have because, you know, we'll we'll slowly but surely work our way through all the roles and all the ideally at some point, provided we don't like destroy ourselves in the process or something and the podcast dies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, 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 honestly can't think of anything. I, th- I think we covered all the, the bases that we wanted to and things that we've been asked about. That's um, fair. Those, those are all the major types and subsets and things like that.
0: Okay, well then, so final thoughts from the impenetrable Imperatrix Nox?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not impenetrable. Penetrate based on my description.
0: I mean, okay, that's valid. Uh, yeah,
1: what other way. I word goes with that? I give you that. I give you that. Give you that. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it like, oh. Now, um,
0: <laughs> Like it sounds good, but you're not wrong. I
1: mean- <laughs> <laughs> it's who I let in. <laughs> Um, now, my final thoughts. I would say uh, there's so many different identities out there. I, I oh, caution yeah. everybody not to get hung up on anything or on any one word, and and research it. Just research Absolutely. where where the terms come from. Understand the communities that you're trying to identify with, and get to know people within that community to figure out is that really for me. You I'll know. I think I think that's the healthy way to do it. And it's fun. You get to see so much cool shit when you're open minded like that. Right? hmm
0: It's a beautiful journey if you just open your fucking eyeballs.
1: <laughs> right. Um Yeah, that's all I got.
0: I will simply, you know, for anyone out there who had a title we may have somehow missed in our radar. As we said with the D-types, you know, please keep in mind we speak from our perspective. You, we don't pretend to know every single thing about every single thing. You know, if we're missing something that you think needs to be represented, please get a hold of us. Let me know. I will happily make it a point to say something about it, research it, etc. Yeah, we uh, will. In a heartbeat. By the same token, anyone within range of this podcast who, you know, has questions, wants to know something, you know is in the range of the server even more so, just directly ask us, Mm -hmm. you know, in a heartbeat. You know, that's kind of the point. I answer questions for fun, literally. (laughs) It's our kink. Yeah, actually. I enjoy it. I enjoy passing that along to someone who needs to know something new, especially if it makes their journey better.
1: I think the best part about it, you learn more by teaching, and it helps us solidify kind of how we think and feel about things by being able to explain things. I agree. Questions people ask make us explore things deeper anyway. And I think that's that's 100%. the appeal for me.
0: 100%. Absolutely.
1: I learn stuff from other people, especially brand new people with fresh perspective. Oh yeah. They they don't have all the biases and it's like, "No, ask me questions because I get to see things in a different light." And I find that I've had to revamp some of my thoughts and frameworks because i realized i got stuck.
3: Oh and it's no, like, no, i do need
1: to revisit that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for pointing that out. <laughs> I i welcome all sorts of questions.
0: I i realized early on, i say early on. I mean as far as <laughs> earlier <laughs> than mm-hmm. i would mm-hmm. have expected to, i realized that i needed to open my horizons very much. And part mm-hmm. of that was the adaptability with the situation i was in, etc, but I'm so happy I did because I picked up demoing so early because knife play was such a dedication that I realized that I enjoyed the educational aspect of it as much as the doing itself. And I picked that up early enough to make me question it and look into it and realize it's not just that it's about the knife. It's that I'm enjoying making others see it. I'm enjoying teaching Mm -hmm. people how to use it themselves for the same level of enjoyment. Mm -hmm. And it just kind of kept extrapolating from there. If you had asked me at 21 years old, you know, if I would be into the list of things you'd show me now, I'd have had no clue. I would have been confused. (laughs) Like, wait, what? There's no way I'm going to be into all of that. No, nah. How could you have time? then? No, you, you do. You evolve. And the more broad horizons you have, the more you evolve. That said, everybody, thank you for coming, listening, whenever you do, however you get to us. Um, again, if you have questions, don't hesitate to email, you know, get a hold of. If you hunt, it's not hard, like that wonderful Not my space that's dark. You can find me there. I have contact information from there if you really need it, want it. I'm not hard to get a hold of. But thank you all for coming.